0: to get to minister this morning. Amen. Pastor Marcus um asked me last night. So hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's pray over that. Father, God, stretch out your hands. I thank you, Father, for those who gave. I thank you, Father, that those who want to give you put the finances in their hands. I thank you, Father. It is done. We have that money. Everything is paid off and all the supplies, the equipment, we have it. We believe we receive it. And I thank you, Father, all the um, finances that these families need, all the supplies, the homes, whatever they need, it comes in Jesus' name. We believe it. We receive it it it's done hallelujah say it's done, done. it's done. done hallelujah it's done Amazing. it's done we thank you father that it's done amen, amen. praise the lord hallelujah wow. well as I was getting ready uh, yesterday and and uh, this morning um I said lord you know I'm ironing my clothes lord What would you have me to say? I want to, because you know, you can always have a message, but the Lord, you want to make sure it's what does the Lord have for us this morning, right? You know, um, and so he said, tell them to run after me. Tell them to run after me. Amen. To stop chasing other things but to run after me hallelujah so we're going to talk about that this morning amen so if you'd open up your bibles to philippians chapter 3 and we'll pray father i thank you for your word this morning that goes forth i thank you that the anointing is on your word i thank you father as your word is preached that faith rises in our hearts for um, this matter in jesus name faith rises in our hearts for our lives in jesus name i thank you father for utterances for the boldness to preach those utterances this morning father may you have your way in this place in jesus name amen you know in in regards to the building it just you know there's things that we can do when we get in our own building you know, I pulled out this morning, I have a marriage uh, DVD series that I've been wanting to show, and uh, we want to have a marriage enrichment, but we can't do that here, right? Because we're not here. We can't just come in whenever we want. So we're, I'm just excited. There, there, there's plans attached to that new place, amen? And um, there's people attached to that place as well. So I'm excited. Hallelujah. It's going to be good. All right. Did you get to Philippians chapter 3? Verse 8, Paul is saying, Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him amen Um, the last time i ministered we the lord had me minister on being righteous and that god has made us right it's not our own works that make us right with god it's his blood that makes us right amen and it says right here paul was saying that i may know him Uh, philippians 3 10 in the amplified i don't know if you guys are able to pull that up uh, gonzalo are you able to pull up a uh, the Bible scriptures, if not, uh, you can all listen. But Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Amen. What is our purpose in life? It's that we may know him. That w- I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what my next step is. Paul was saying, my determined purpose is that I may know him. Yes. That I may know him. That's what we're called to do, to know him. Yeah. And when you know him, he'll show you the next step. When you know Him, He'll show you which direction to go. But if you don't know Him, if you're not pursuing after Him, if we're, we're not spending time with Him, then we make our own decisions and then it, we expect God to bless those. But His blessing is on His plan. And the only way that we can know His plan is to know Him. Yeah. Amen? And it's not about us earning anything from God. It's about us turning towards Him. When we come to church, it's to turn towards God. When we worship Him, praise Him, sing songs, it's to turn towards Him. When we give, it's to turn towards Him. When we serve in church, it's because we're turning towards Him. We're turning towards what is our purpose. It's for us to know Him and so others can know Him. It's a turning towards God. We're not coming to church to hear a motivational speech to get me through the week. I can pull up any YouTube video if I need to. Yes. That's not going to help me spiritually. Right. I need to hear what the Word says. I need to turn my heart. There are many things out there that are vying for our attention and, and you know, that we might turn towards. And God says, turn towards me. Know me. Your purpose in life is to know him more strongly. It's not to make more money. (laughs) It's not to, you know, God wants to bless you with the money. He wants to give you the house. He wants to give you your heart's desires. He wants that. But if you're seeking those things, then you're seeking things and you're forgetting Uh, my, my purpose is to know Him. And when I know Him, then all those things will be added unto me. Right? But I can't allow those other things to pull on my attention. Amen. Our help comes when we turn towards God. Our help comes when we come to church and we connect our hearts with Him and we turn towards God. That's where the help is. Amen. It's, I'm, when I wake up, do I turn towards Him? Throughout my day, am I turning towards Him? Am I, am I reaching down on my spirit? Lord, what do you have for me? What do you say about this? You know, when I go to sleep, before I close my eyes and, and go to sleep, did I turn my heart towards God? Thank you, Jesus, for this day. I thank you, Father, for all you've done for me. I thank you, Father, for a sweet sleep tonight. I thank you, Father, for your peace that passes all understanding. I don't have to earn anything from God. I just have to turn towards him and then everything I need financially, physically, uh, even the knowledge of what I need to know will come when I turn towards him to know him more. Paul said, I want to know him more. You know, if you're married to somebody, you may think you know them. But you, you know, as you go throughout the years, you get to know them more, right? Right? It's the same with our relationship with Jesus. The more time we spend with him, the more we get to know him. And we know him more strongly. We, Paul said to know him more clearly. Amen? Um, isn't that what happened with the prodigal son? We looked at that story um, the last time I ministered. And so let's look there at Luke 15, verse 17, because this is one that I've just been meditating on. But the prodigal son, um, you know, he had taken his inheritance too early. He went out. He spent it all. He hit rock bottom. (laughs) You know, have you ever known someone who hit rock bottom? They hit rock bottom. They have nothing left. He's sleep, you know he doesn't have a job he's he's or or he's you know he he doesn't have food he's like i'll 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 just even eat what the pigs eat and the bible says he came to his senses praise the lord we can come to our senses <laughs> he came to his senses and in verse 15 he came to himself Luke 15 I'm sorry Luke 15 verse 17 when he came to himself he said how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and here i am perishing with hunger i'll arise and go to my father and will say to him father i have sinned against heaven and before you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son make me like one of your hired servants what happened here he arose and came to his father what did he do he stood up he turned away from what was wrong and he turned towards his father god he turned towards God. He tur- this is a, this a, is a parable of, um, you know, children turning towards the Father God. He turned towards his Father, and he was, it says he arose, he came to his Father. He was still a great <clears throat> way off. His Father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the Son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your Son. But the father, I love what the father does. He doesn't even acknowledge that. He doesn't acknowledge the sin. He doesn't acknowledge that he, that, you know, the feelings of unworthiness. He just says, bring out the best robe, (laughs) put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here, kill it. Let us eat and make merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. What happened in this parable? The son turned away from what was wrong and turned towards his father, God. He turned towards God. He turned towards his father. And what happened? Everything was restored, not based on him earning anything. What was it based on? The relationship. I'm your son. And the son came and said, "I'll, I'll even be your servant in your house. No, no. You're restored back to the position of sonship. Here's the ring. Here's the robe. Here's the sandals, which represent you're the master because the servants wouldn't wear any shoes. Only the master wore the shoes. So no, now you're master again back in your house. Did he have to earn it? He didn't have to earn it. He had to do one thing. He had to turn. He had to turn. You don't have to earn your healing. You don't have to earn uh, finances or earn success. You just have to turn towards God. Turning towards him, spending time with him. Amen. Hallelujah. And then everything was restored. Now, listen, there was another son. And he was upset because he never left his father. He never left his father. He stayed there the entire time. Uh, Verse 29. And the oldest son, he, he answered his father. He said, look, all these years I've served you, I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me. You didn't give me a goat, a kid, that I might have a feast. But when this son of yours arrives, he's devoured your estate with immoral women. This is in the Amplified. You've killed him for the calf. Killed for him the calf. And the father said to him, son. See, here's the son. You, I never left you. You never did this any of this for me. I've been with you the entire time. And the father says, son, you're always with me. And all that is mine is yours. The son, this oldest son thinking, I earned. I earned all this and you never gave it to me. And his father says, you don't have to earn anything. You were in my house the entire time why didn't you partake everything that i have is yours everything that i have is yours the father god says to us today everything he has is ours not because of us earning something but because of us turning towards god and saying God, I love you. You're my father. And it's by, it's by divine inheritance. When you become born again and ask Jesus into your heart, you are now a son and daughter of God. You don't have to earn his fathership. Like, okay, I have to earn him being my dad. No, he is your father. Everything that he has is now yours. Everything that he has in heaven, it's now available to you here on earth. You didn't have to earn it. You don't. That's why there's so many religions today. They're based on what they can do right. They have to earn their way to heaven. They have to earn their way to, you know, whatever place they're going to. We don't have to earn anything. We don't have to earn it. The blood bought it. The blood bought it. His blood bought what you need his blood was the price that was paid so you don't have to earn your healing his blood paid for it you don't have to earn forgiveness his blood paid for it you don't have to earn uh, you know prosperity his blood paid for it it's paid for already he said all that I have is yours God says all that I have is yours why didn't you partake of it? You're in my house. You're my child. Partake of it. Take it. It's yours. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. It's because of the blood. And now we are, it's, we are, um, oh, we are in the family of God. We're His family. It's already ours because we're His family. Amen? Hallelujah. He said, you've always been with me. But you were focused on earning when you could have just turned. You could have just turned and took it. You could have just took your healing. You could have just took it. And we're always trying to, i got to get this. i got to get my healing. i got to get prosperity. No, I don't have to get it. It's already mine. I just turn towards God, and I thank Him. Thank you, Father, that because of the blood you've made me whole thank you father because of the blood because I'm your child that I have everything I need I have a full supply father because you said all that is yours is already mine amen all that is his there's no lack in heaven all that is His is already yours. So you take it. How do you take it? By turning towards Him. By, by uh, taking it with your mouth. By saying, I receive my healing. I receive my prosperity. I receive increase in my life. I receive it because I am uh, divinely uh, connected to God. He's my Father and I'm His child. It's yours because you're His child. Yeah. Amen. Your child doesn't have to earn His bed. You know you're not like hey if you don't clean up today you're sleeping on the floor you know I mean if you did that you'd be like that's abusive right like hey, if you you don't if you don't do what I say you don't get to sleep in your bed tonight right you'd be like no listen this is your bed I have provided it for you it's yours yes you need to make your bed but it's yours right you get to sleep in it you, there your kids don't have to earn anything from you it's theirs because you're their parents and you've provided it for them yeah. hallelujah let's look at 2nd Kings chapter 20 amen we're talking about turning towards God we don't have to earn anything from him he's already provided for us he's made um, available to us everything we need by the blood of Jesus amen 2nd Kings chapter 20 verse 1 say Amen when you get there hallelujah praise the Lord because of the blood because we we have an inheritance amen hallelujah second kings chapter 20 verse 1 in those days hezekiah was sick and near death and isaiah the prophet the son of Amos, went to him and said to him thus says the lord set your house in order for you shall die and not live here comes the prophet you know the prophet in those days was the mouthpiece of god came and said set your house in order you're gonna die you're not gonna live. <laughs> he, I just love, He said, "For you shall die." He didn't even say. He didn't even stop right there. He's like, "You shall die and not live." Like you know. Yeah, I get it. You know. <laughs> I just think that's funny. You shall die and not live. Like don't even think about it. I just think it's funny. Like it's just funny to me. Anyway, so then underline this. He turned his face. What did he do? He turned. To Jesus he turned his face towards the wall and he prayed to the Lord saying remember now O Lord I pray how I have walked before you in truth with a loyal heart I have done what was good in your sight he wept and then Isaiah it goes on to say he was out in the middle of the courtyard he hadn't even gotten out of Hezekiah's palace or wherever he was at the time and the Lord said go back tell Hezekiah thus says the Lord I've heard your prayer I've seen your tears. I will heal you. And on the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. I'll add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you. What happened? Did he have to earn it? No. He just turned his face. And God added to him. God saved him. God delivered him. Amen. He turned. And the prophet told him, look, the direction you're going, it's leading to death. He turned his face. He turned towards God. Amen. He turned his spiritual house, his life towards God. He got his life in order. How did he do that? By turning towards God. Yes. That's how you get your life in order. You want your, your natural life to be in order. You want your family to be in order. You want your finances to be in order. You want your health to be in order. You turn towards God. You talk to God. You turn. You don't have to earn it you just turn and he'll give you all the instructions you need if there's a change you need to make he'll tell you but you turn towards him amen we can't have our natural lives in order without the spiritual life in order God created divine order we see it with the prodigal son we see it with Hezekiah turning to the Father God when we do that then we have all we need right then we have all we need because of the blood, because we're his child, amen? You know, the, the the father couldn't bless the child being away, the prodigal son being away from him. You know, there's only so much you can do for your child if they're not in your house and they're away and you never see them. But when they turn and they come back home, they step into all that's theirs. Everything in the father's house becomes theirs, Amen. Praise the Lord. The prodigal son came back into his natural or rightful place. He he gained his authority back, his inheritance, his wealth when he returned to the Father. Amen. What happened? His natural life was put in order because he got his spiritual life put in order. Amen. Hezekiah's health got in order. How? Because he turned. He didn't have to earn anything. He didn't have to go out there, you know, uh, say the, what's the beads, the rose, the rose. Rosary, you know, twenty times. I got to say this twenty times. What is that? Trying to earn something, you know, or you know, or all oh, my good works. I'm a good person, so that's gonna that's gonna help me in my relationship with God. Yes, you should be doing good works. You should be kind and loving, and yes, those are things all that are fruits of the spirit, right? But it's not your works that are getting you into heaven. It's not your works that makes God make you know makes him love you it's the blood of jesus it's you turning towards him coming to him talking to him amen it's being with god and often we put the spiritual life on the back burner like it's the last thing i love what what the lord told pastor nancy she has a series called the fredonia revelation And it is a great series but it's it's mainly about um, the size of a church and she said too often we look at numbers and God's looking at spiritual depth Mm -hmm. and for me I took that as I was you know the Lord brought that back to my remembrance for this it's like too often we look at numbers we look at how much money can we make you know where's the next promotion Um, you know where's my family We look at other things. Uh, Where's the popular pretty people? You know, I don't know. You know, we look at what do I want to do? Rather than focusing on, you know, my spiritual life. See, the spiritual life has to be priority. If it's not, your natural life is going to fall apart. I've had people tell me, I don't need to go to church. I have my own church, is what they tell me. I've had my own church. I go to the mountains and I pray. Well, that's great that you go to the mountains. I love the mountains too. And you pray, sure, you can go do that up there. But the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So I got to obey the Bible. So it doesn't matter what you think. The word is the truth, right? And so when I'm, when I'm seeking God and putting him first, I'm putting his house first. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, So it's important that we don't put our spiritual life. You know, oftentimes it's the last thing we do before we go to bed. The last thing we think about because we're busy, 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 busy with work, busy with family, busy with our husband, busy with our kids, busy with the wife, uh, busy doing this, busy, busy, busy. And if we have time, we'll squeeze it in. But if we don't have time, then we go to bed and we missed a whole day of turning towards God. And we missed what he had to say to us that day. We missed the the relationship, the depth, going deeper with him. See, we want to go deeper. We don't want to stay in the same place. We want to go deeper with God, to know him more clearly. Amen. To know him more strongly. Why? Our help is in turning to him. It's in turning to him. Amen. Um, Hezekiah and the prodigal son, they didn't have to earn God's favor. They just had to run towards God. They had to run. They had to follow him. They had to pursue him. You know, it takes effort to run. I tried it once. (laughs) I tried running as an exercise. As I was doing it, actually, it was more of like a jog. And I thought, why do people do this? I don't understand how they think it's fun. I don't want to go run a 5K. Reverend Mary, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go run a 5K. I don't think that's fun. I don't want to do that on my Veterans Day off. You know, some people, they, it why? It takes effort. In the same way, spiritually, it takes effort to pursue and run after God. What, what effort is it? You got to show some discipline. You got to put the, the other things down that are distracting you. Okay, take this chuck it in the closet, right? Chuck the, chuck the phone. The minute you start spending time with the Lord, all the texts go off, your notifications, it, the phone rings. Uh, you got to get rid of distractions. Amen. You got to prioritize God. It takes an effort to be, to be disciplined, to put God first, to put his house first. There's, there's effort in it. Right? But we do it. Yeah. But we do it. Church, say, I do it. I do it yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. It's important to take stock of our spiritual life right it's important to assess what do i spend my time doing what do i spend my life doing what do i spend my days doing what do i spend my hours doing when i have extra time what do i turn towards right am i turning towards my job money my business my family recreation none of these things are bad but if that's all you're doing if that's all you're turning to then you're turning away from God. If that takes up the majority of your time, then we're missing out on what God has for us, right? Praise the Lord. Do I give my attention to the natural things more than I do my spiritual life? And so I'm going back to what Pastor Nancy said about the Fredonia Revelation. The Lord was interested not in numbers. He was interested in spiritual depth. He's interested in us knowing him more to know him more deeply to become intimately mm, <laughs> to become intimately acquainted with him and not to let a day go by that we don't spend time with him and we show him you know when someone puts you first you know it when they're pursuing after you you know it for those of you who are married one of you pursued one of the other I don't know <laughs> Usually it's the man. I don't know what's going on these times. When Pastor Marcus and I were, you know, met, he pursued me. He called me every day. This was before cell phones. He called my landline. He would call me every day. What was he doing? He was pursuing me. He was going after me right? He'd pick me up in his car. He'd bring me flowers. Or back when there was a Mervyns, he would buy jewelry and he'd bring me, you know, sterling silver rings. And he always had a gift for me. What was he doing? He was pursuing me. When you pursue someone, you're going after them. They're not coming after you. You're going after them. It's our job to run hard after God, to go after him, to turn towards him. Amen hallelujah you know many times people will make decisions based on what they want to turn to um you know growing up if we ever moved my parents were always is there a church there because i'm not moving if there's not a good word church when i went to fresno pacific uh, there was a church there that we had visited it was a word A word church and I knew that that's the church I'm going to if there wasn't a a good word church there I didn't move there we didn't move for a job Pastor Marcus and I have never moved for a job never after Bible school we said where does God want us to go to church that's where we planted ourselves. we never went for a job we got there and then we had to find a job that's I was thinking about that's always what we've done we have never moved to a city for a job we we would live in the city where our church was and drive to the job why our spiritual life came first because without the spiritual life in order the rest of our lives would fall apart how many times we have sat in services as a young married couple, and the word came forth and set us free, brought us answers for our marriage, brought us answers for our finances, brought us answers for our church, or I'm sorry, our kids, time and time and time again as we sat in service. Why? We chose my spiritual life is first and foremost. My spiritual life will last for eternity. When I go to heaven, God's not looking at what job I had. He's looking at, did you pursue me? Did you follow hard after me? What class am I going to have to put you in? Are you going to have to start with the, with the, you know, beginners? Because you didn't pursue me. You were pursuing other things on earth. The spiritual life is eternal. And this life is short. It's over like that. It's over like that. Look at where your kids are now. It goes fast. Wait till they're out of your house. You're going to look back and go, that was fast. Look back 10 years. How fast did that go by? So fast. And we so focus on the natural. We focus on pursuing the wrong things instead of what does God want me to do? Where am I supposed to be? Where does God want me to be? What am I planning myself in my local church? Because this spiritual life is forever. It's forever. It's forever. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's good. It's important that we don't forget these things because we go out into the world and we get distracted. I get distracted. We all do. And we have to remember this life is short. Eternity is forever. You will live forever. You're going to live forever. And when we go to heaven, we're not floating around on clouds with little wings, like flying around. I'm sure there's a lot going on. We're going to be, maybe we're taking classes. Maybe we'll go see Smith Wigglesworth. We'll go, you know, I don't know where we're going to go, who we're going to watch, minister and sing and worship God, but it's it's forever. And it's important that we're not behind when we get there. It's important we're not behind when we get there. They're like, oh, y'all, y'all are so focused on the natural things. Go to the beginner's class. (laughs) I thought I already went to kindergarten. Got to go. Because you didn't learn what you were supposed to learn. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalm 63, verse 8. Psalm 63, verse 8. Say amen when you get there. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to start wrapping this up i know you want to go buy something from the bake sale come on we're gonna help those faith kids buy some they're gonna get to decorate their own classroom amen we're excited i hope they are i know they are psalm 63 verse 8 praise the lord we're not looking for numbers on earth we're not looking for numbers in areas we're looking for spiritual depth are we going deeper with god are we spending time with him pursuing after him david said this my soul in psalm 63 63 verse 8 my soul follows hard after you god your right hand upholds me my soul that word soul means my appetite my heart my mind my will your will what you will to do you've got to take tell your will will You're going to line up with God's will. You're going to do what God wants you to do. My will, my life. You've got to tell yourself, life, you're going to follow hard after God. Follow hard after him. That word hard means cling, catch by pursuit. I imagine, have you ever seen, Pastor Marcus and I always joke, but back in the day, and I don't know if they still have them, they used to have National Geographic shows, and you'd see this beautiful gazelle. Or deer, yeah. and it's like bouncing, and you're like, "That's so cute!" And all of a sudden, boom! Here comes like a lion, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" And you're like, "What just happened?" <laughs> you know? And you're like, "It was so fast." What happened was the lion or the prey, whatever was the predator, overtook the prey, and you're like, "It was such a beautiful scene until that all happened." And it's like you know, it just catches you off guard. You're like, "Oh my gosh, that was horrifying!" Right? But what's happening is the predator is going after the prey; right. they're pursuing. Are we pursuing God? Are we going all out after him? Amen? Going all out. So that word follows hard after. That hard means to catch by pursuit, to follow close, to be joined together with God, to keep fast. It means to stick to him. Are you sticking to him? Are you sticking with him? Are you following closely one word is even are you overtaking him So my my mind my will my life follows catches by pursuit sticks to God takes hold of God keeps close to God Amen That's that's our that's our job That's how our whole lives straighten up That's how the if you're in a mess pursue God if you don't know what to do run after him if you need help run after God turn towards him get with God get your Bible get your notebook get quiet shut off the TV shut off the the tell the kids hey go, you guys go do this I'm gonna be in here whatever make time to turn towards him put your keep your spiritual life your priority Keep I, My goal, my purpose is to know him more, to know him strongly, to follow hard after him. I, you know, you can't run after two different things. Right. You cannot run after two different things. You've got to make a choice. What will be my priority? And I can tell you this from working and then doing this, pretty soon there comes a, for me, because I'm called to the, to the ministry, but you've got to make sure that your affection doesn't get caught up even, as a, even if you are called to ministry of helps, which you all are, that your affections don't ca- get caught up in work. And I can say that because mine have before, where you get so caught up in work you're at home and you're thinking about work going to bed and you're thinking about what you need to do. It's all about work and the projects and this and that, you know, or if you're a parent and you're a stay at home mom, it's I'm thinking about the kids. I'm thinking about my husband. You can get, you can get so uh, overtaken with your affections put on the wrong thing and you should be taking care of those things, but that's not your priority. Your priority is I'm seeking after God. I'm pursuing after him. My spiritual life Is number one. Amen. I'm going to read this to you. And then I'm going to close. You might want to write these down. But I will send you that video that we showed today. If we can. And I want to send you this list. Uh, This is Dr. Mark Barclay. I heard him. And he keeps this in his Bible. And it's a list of eight things. But he said. He said don't ever allow Satan to isolate you. Because that's what the devil tries to do. He tries to isolate you get you all by yourself, get you away from church. He wants you to be isolated. Why? So he can, you know, he wants you to get down, depressed, cut you off from your family, your church family, get you away from God. So these are the, the things he said. Number one, don't be a straggler. Don't be a straggler. Think about the military. The ones that are way back there, they're straggling, you know, and they're like, wait. You're like, no, you know, don't be a straggler. Number two, never blame Jesus for anything. Never blame Jesus for anything. Oh, I love this one. Number three, never lay your Bible down. Nothing can replace it. Nothing can replace it. Never lay your Bible down. Nothing can replace it. Amen. Number four, don't run from spiritual people, run to them. Don't run from spiritual people, run to them. Amen. Oh, I love number five. Number five, break all unscriptural covenants, quit making covenants with people who aren't interested in the plan of God. They'll steal your anointing, they'll steal your gifts, and they'll give you appetites for natural things. Mm -hmm. Break all unscriptural covenants. Quit making covenants with people who aren't interested in the plan of God. They'll steal your anointing, your gifts, and they'll give you appetites for natural things. I'll email this to you too. So if you can't get it all, that's number five. Number six, stay in church. Don't miss church. You missed your movement of God when you miss church. When you miss church, you miss your movement of God. And now you'll have to catch up, you'll get behind. So, number six, stay in church. Don't miss church. You'll miss your movement of God and you'll have to catch up. Number seven, never entertain self pity. Sucking your thumb, feeling sorry for yourself. Your flesh loves that. Never entertain self pity. That's the devil, boy. That comes straight from the pit of hell. That self pity. Oh, no one else has to ever go through this and why me? And no one understands what it's like. Listen, you're not the only one facing what you're facing. Someone else has faced what you are facing and they got to the other side. I don't care if you need a job. I don't care if you need healing. I don't care if you're having issues with your kids. The devil will tell you you're the only one going through this. You're not going to make it. No, that's a lie from the devil. That's complete self-pity. He's trying for you to think of yourself as a victim, which is the opposite of what you really are, is a victor. You've got to tell the devil, no, there's people who have gone through this, and they made it to the other side, and I'm making it to the other side. So number seven, never entertain self-pity. Your flesh loves it. And that's no way to grow spiritually. You rebuke self-pity. You talk back to the devil when he tells you things like that. You say, oh, no, devil, you're a liar. You tell him he's a liar because that's what he is. And number eight, remind yourself, God has not given up on me. God has not given up on me. You tell that to yourself you tell that to the devil God has not given up on me and neither has the true church come on God has not given up on you isn't that good okay I'm gonna read all of them number one don't be a straggler number two never blame Jesus for anything number three never lay your Bible down nothing can replace it number four don't run from spiritual people run to them Number five, break all unscriptural covenants. Quit making covenants with people who aren't interested in the plan of God. They'll steal your anointing, they'll steal your gifts, and they'll give you appetites for natural things. Number six, stay in church. Don't miss church. You missed your movement of God. Now you'll have to catch up. Number seven, never entertain self-pity. Sucking your thumb, feeling sorry for yourself. The flesh loves it. And number eight, remind yourself, God has not given up on me. Say that with me. God has not given up on me, and neither has the church. Come on, I'm turned towards God. I'm turning towards God. This this week, our homework, stay turned towards God. Keep your mouth open. Keep your mouth open to God. God, what do you have for me? God, what do you want me to do today? God, what do you want to say to me? And then you have to shut your mouth so you can listen but keep turning towards Him. Why? That's where your help comes from. Amen? Amen. Did you get help this morning? Hallelujah! God's presence is so good.